Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Cult Faves. I'm Cher. And I'm Gwenda. And Happy New Year! It's 2019! Happy New Year! survived the decade that was 2018. The longest period of time it's ever been measured by humans. It really was. (laughs) That was like, like people will say like, hey, did you know that this happened this year? And I'm like, what? That feels like it was so long ago. Absolutely. Everything feels so long ago. I feel like I should have kept a diary because I can't remember what I read this year, what I watched. Yeah, I can't keep it all together. I'm like, did that, did that come out this year? Or did this happen last year? Did that happen like 15 years ago? I don't even know. But now we are in the fresh, clean slate of 2019, oh, which is going to be wonderful. It just, please, I can't or take Or at least a year. little better. <laughs> I really can't take another year like 2018. I, I mean, can't. like, hashtag Trump heart attack. <laughs> Keep your fingers crossed. <laughs> <I know. laughs> at least we have the house. <laughs> oh, gosh. That was just a joke, by the way. Don't Please don't come and arrest either one of us. <laughs> Although, you know, it's funny because one of my favorite podcasts to listen to is um, I just love Sam Sanders and it's mm-hmm. been a minute. Like, it's the only newsy thing that doesn't make me want to kill myself. And he uh-huh. does all these great interviews. And one of the interviews he had was a woman who's written a book about how politics has become increasing, increasingly like sports. And one of uh-huh. his guests after this interview where they talked about it was it's like a cult. Like you're describing the behavior of people that are in cults. And I'm like, uh, yeah, we've, cause we, you and I have talked about oh, that yeah. a bunch. Yeah. It really <laughs> is. I think one of our resolutions for 2019, which is a little more for me is to update our site, but also, <laughs> <laughs> but also to put, like, remember we made, like, the list oh, of, like, what is, yeah. what when we could tell if something's yeah. a cult, I think we should have that on our website. Oh, that's a great idea. We should do that. Thanks. A checklist. Right, that's a whole episode, guys. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> See you in 2020. <laughs> oh, my no, gosh. No, we're kidding. We're kidding. This is our, we've been doing, I was just telling Cher, Christopher and I have been doing the, um, begin as you mean to go on thing today and so uh, you know one of mine is that we're gonna do the podcast keep doing the podcast regularly Wait, what is it called what did you call it begin as you mean to go on sweet Hashtag. what is that because i've never heard that before oh really so yeah. lots of people do it we've always done it um it's just like you do a little bit of the things that you want to do more of or focus more on in that year like oh, that's so lovely. 10 or 15 minutes of yeah like make sure it's like i did some writing we went on a long walk outdoors with the dogs mm. it was like 60 degrees this morning which it should not be in <laughs> no, january that's crazy. Up here. <laughs> and now it's like but throughout the day it's gotten progressively colder and mm. now it's super windy oh you're getting the weather we had yesterday Oh, yesterday was just like miserable and raining and, and when it like it started fine but then like around two o'clock it just started pouring and it was miserable and I got no sleep the night before, so I spent my New Year's Eve, everyone be jealous, still in my pajamas from the night before, <laughs> on my couch with my dogs, Rockstar watching life. trash TV, and like that was it. I and, mean, like, that's not so far different than, I mean, we were, Christopher went to bed around like 10.30, I think I stayed up until like 11 watching TV. I don't like going out for New Year's, and I don't like yeah, putting any don't pressure either. on it. I used to get like 
like feel like we had to go out or we had to go to a party or we had to do this or that. And it always ended in tears. So finally I I was just like, screw it. Like, let's just be low key. Like this is too much. I prefer low key. hundred (laughs) percent. I also have a mentality of like, I partied so much. Oh yeah. When I was in high school and when I was like in my twenties until I was about like, I think 30 was when I stopped partying. But I partied. I partied enough for like ten lifetimes. Yeah. So I feel like I. I've celebrated. I'm good. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm good. good. I've as celebrated long as I get everything. To have some champ- I mean, I'll take any yeah. excuse for some champagne, but I don't need to leave my couch. No, I don't. I, mean, I like, even asked Christopher. I was like, "This is how, this is relate. This is my relationship goals moment." <laughs> Last night he's cooking this this beautiful steak dinner for us, and I'm like, "Do you want me? Do you mind if I just stay schlubbed out, or do I, like I need to put on clothes for this and pretend, even though we're at home?" And he's like. I don't care. Like, you know, like yeah. wear your pajamas. Like, what? that's. I mean, like the only thing I'd be down with doing is like if I had like a nice, like a house or like a better like living place where I could actually yeah. have company, and then having like maybe like a few people over, but it being like a New Year's Eve pajama party. Yeah, thing. we've done that. Like very close friends. Yeah. Unfortunately, the friends that we usually do that with are either in North Carolina and they didn't come visit this year or have moved out to out west. And uh, sadly, our friends, the Melissa's used to always be our our companions on New Year's Eve, but they moved. Sad face. But yeah, I hung out with my dogs. Um, so do you have any New Year's resolutions? Do you believe in the resolutions? I don't really do resolutions per se, although I guess I am this year because I'm going to try to do a newsletter every month because I've gotten completely out of the habit of that. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, after two glasses of wine last night, said on Twitter I was going to try to blog once a week. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I've decided, and I kind of started doing this during because I had the last two weeks of the of the year off, and tomorrow I go back to work after that nice break. But I kind of decided this during that time that I was going to use that time to start doing this, and. I think my two big goals, one of them was that I, I, I actually kind of want to not be on social media as much. That's one of mine, too, actually. Like, to Which control I have, how I interact yeah, with like technology. Yeah, like, I haven't really been on that yeah. much in the past couple of weeks. Yeah. And it feels better. Because I feel like what happens is, never mind also, like, the negativity and shit that can happen. But I just feel like what happens is you get so... You focus too much atten- attention on, I'm like, yes. oh, what am I missing? And you're not yes. spending that attention doing stuff it's the it's the it's the it's the it's lo- like a fomo but on social media i've read this great essay that someone tweeted today so totally like <laughs> ironic <laughs> i mean ironic but it was about um retaking control of of his attention basically yeah. and he had gone to like a month retreat where there was no where he wasn't online at all and basically his rule now is like he doesn't turn on the internet until lunch so yeah. I'm going to try to do like a rough modified version of that, but also just to like focus a little bit more on quality over quantity. Yeah. Of my yeah. I want to be a little more deliberate with how I, I use those tools because unfortunately, because of my job and like my career in the yeah. industry that, you know, I, yeah. I can't not be on social media, right. but I just, I don't want to become the type of person that I would like I just, I don't know, just something, I'm just not, I've been very uncomfortable with social media for a very long time, and I've had very, like, uh, has, like, my relationship with it has been bizarre. Like, Mm -hmm. I just feel like I've never was really a super fan of it. 
I will say there have been moments that were positive that have happened because of Twitter, which made me a little bit more willing to participate as much as I was. But I almost do feel like in some ways, I think social media becomes a little bit cultish, you know, and I think that we start behaving in this way because we're there. It's not a place for for deliberate, complicated conversations. Yeah, it's not. And I just feel like it's very easy to be too. You're so concerned with like, what am I missing? What am I missing? That you don't realize you're not doing that with the other things in your life that you are missing. So I think that's that's one of my goal my one of my goals and I've been slowly working towards that. I like that. And I think too like there is this just like what you were saying there is this idea that and I understand like I would never tell people that they have to have better conversations about politics or anything that they strongly believe yeah. in. Like you you make your own choices. But I do think that there's a there's a lot of pressure not to meet people where they are and try and have those conversations in some ways because you're not supposed to. Taking a minute to listen is sometimes viewed as sympathizing with a view. Yeah. And those are different things. So I think that a lot of times social media moves so fast that people forget to stop and be like, oh, these are all people. Yeah, that's a huge, <laughs> huge thing. Um, And it's funny you say that because one of my other goals for this year is to try to listen more than I'm talking. Yeah. Like, I, like I, I just that. feel like I want to listen a little bit more to what's happening around me. And and that doesn't necessarily yeah. be, mean being passive. I think it's just right. a lot of times. And I think that everybody does this now. Mm-hmm. And I've been saying this and I've said this in numeral, numerous situations and in conversations in the past year, especially, that I, I don't think as humans we are wired for the amount of input and information that we're taking in. And I think that that's why there's like this huge spike in anxiety and in depression. I think we're just not, we're not prepared for this. And and it's like the tech world and technology has evolved faster than we've evolved to really know how to be prepared for it. Yeah. So I kind of just feel like I want to take a step back from that. Well, I think it it totally affects anything creative that you want to do. Like I went back to my first rule of writing books, which I had to embrace when I had a day job, which was basically like put writing first. Like don't let anything else in before I do at least a little bit of work, even if it's just a page or two. Yeah. And I've been doing that the last week and it's amazing. Like night and day how much easier this project suddenly got well that's also my other goal is that i you gonna write something for us <laughs> Yay! Well, I've, I've been very like I, and i don't know and i was actually talking to somebody about this the other day how i have so many ideas that pop in my brain at once mm-hmm. and it's it's almost like too much. Like I sometimes wish I could just take my brain out and just kind of take <laughs> a break from it because <laughs> it doesn't shut Pause off. And that's, button. <laughs> right. And that's part of like, I have ADHD and I'm yeah. not one of those people that says it like, Oh, hey, hey I have ADD. Right. Like, no, I've been diagnosed really with do. ADHD. <laughs> I don't take medication because I don't like to take medication. And I have found ways to manage at least for myself mm-hmm. and my, what I have to manage it without needing medication. But if I don't do those other things, I become very scattered. Yeah. And it's hard for me to keep on top of stuff and I can't focus. And then shit like social media only exasperates that problem. So I am very much the type of person that I need to actually limit my social media because it does 
it'll be that shiny thing that is pulling me away from what I'm doing. Like, I'll be in the middle of doing something, and all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, let me check Twitter. Like, just my brain just changes the channel before. Mm. I'm like, oh, for no reason. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not done watching the show, but I'm changing the channel on myself, you know? Yeah. So one of the problems, well, a good thing and a bad thing, at least for me with ADHD, in my experience, is that I do have a lot of ideas. And, but the problem is that because of them, and I keep a list whenever I have an idea, I don't know where to start and which with one, with, which one to start with. So then I become frozen because I don't know what to do first. So my, one of my goals for this year is to pick a fucking thing. And also <laughs> another goal that goes with it is I don't, I'm not great about asking people for help. Oh, me either. <laughs> I love so, doing favors, but yeah. So I'm like, I have too many friends that are like actual, they've done the thing. Like they've gotten, they've done, they've written the book pitch. They've gotten the agent. They've written books. Like I have too many friends that have done the things that I want to do that like, why don't I just ask them, how do I do like this thing so I can get myself started on the thing and do the thing. So that's kind of like my overall arching goal for this year is to just do the thing. I think that's great. I do. I, it, it's, it's true what you say when you ask about resolutions. I don't set resolutions, but I do make goals. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's better because I think what happens a lot of the times, and I'm only speaking for myself, but I'm sure other people can relate to this. I think with resolutions, we base those resolutions on things we don't like about ourselves. And then we like mm. end up getting down on ourselves. So I think setting goals is a little bit more of a productive mindset. Yeah. Because... It's like, okay, like one of my things, like, oh my God, I gained weight. Be like, no, you know what? My goal is to lose 10 pounds this month. Like, that's a very easy, attainable goal. I know from my personal training days, like, that's completely doable. You know, do, so doing like little stuff with like, okay, like, here's maybe like my huge goal, my big goal. And like, here's how I'm going to break it down into smaller, attainable goals that yeah. are not, that don't feel so frightening and overwhelming to me and that feel achievable. Cause once you hit, that one, that first goal, it boosts your confidence and helps you reach for the second one. Well, and also I say this to writers all the time, young writers and 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 writers further along in their career. Like, I feel like it's very important to understand and only set goals, like only make things goals that are under your control. Yeah. So, you know, like write the book, do the proposal query agents like instead of you know get an agent sell a book like those are things that are not really in your control yeah and and you will feel and so i mean it's just a matter of framing them in the right way right and then i kind of think of those things as like dreams career milestones or even just thinking of them as goals but like this is not a goal this is a goal i'm working toward by doing this thing like just where you put your focus you know as i think like the process is your friend always when you're trying to to do something because those little victories like you say i mean once you um you know you don't want to give your brain negative feedback right and i think it's really important too like you said like choosing goals that are you have control of and i think a lot of people and i see this ironically not so much maybe on twitter where people will be like oh i'm putting it out there i want to do and they'll like Put, make some outlandish claim. And it's like, dude, <laughs> just you saying that you want to like become a best, you're going to be a bestseller writer or like you're going to land a part, you're going to have your, your script that you, your spec script optioned and right. on Netflix. Like right. those are 
not that's not setting a goal right. that's like your dream maybe right. but a goal is like okay like i'm going to like maybe you know uh you know submit my packet in like yeah. to multiple writers rooms like that's something yeah. you have control over absolutely you know so i think i think that's a really important part this of it is, and also none of this has to do with cults so but it is a <laughs> but it is but it does have to do with Gwyneth shares wise rules for life hashtag crone coven exactly <laughs> but we figured this episode, it would be fun to look back at 2018, the decade that was a year, or the year that was a decade, and some of our bigger uh, cult moments for us, yeah. and also maybe like, where are they now type yeah. moments since we did the episodes. So I think it makes sense the first one that we talk about is Wild Wild West, which was about... I'm sorry, not Wild Wild West. Wild Wild Country. <laughs> Wild Wild West Wild, is Wild an West. 80s song. A bad movie. Wow. <laughs> oh, I wasn't even thinking of that. I was thinking of that song, The Wild Wild West. Remember oh, yes, I do. I don't yeah. remember who it's by, but I remember the song. Oh, my God. I don't remember who it's by. Is it by Love and Rockets? <sighs> oh, I'm going to have to Google this right now. Hold on. <laughs> song. The movie is with, uh, that's the Escape Club. That's who it is. Escape Club, a band that we yeah. forgot forgot existed. <laughs> I, like I think they were a one hit wonder. I think they were definitely a one hit wonder. All right. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. No. <laughs> Wild Wild Country. So yeah, that was kind of the thing that brought us. Yeah, that together. Brought us together. The Rajneeshi brought us together. The Rajneeshi are the reason that cult faves <laughs> exists. And it was also, you know, the one of the biggest documentaries of the year yeah. for Netflix, for sure. I think it reminded people how fascinating cult stuff is. And it does feel like there has been a lot more news, like, since that. And there was obviously, yeah. like, so many stories about it. I still love the, uh, there was a column by somebody who discovered after watching it that her parents met she never knew that they had been in a cult, really, but it didn't, and definitely did not realize this was what they met in until she saw the documentary. So her parents met in the Rajneeshis. My, that's fascinating. I actually want to read that. My biggest lesson learned from that was that tough titties. The actor, <laughs> well, no, was that. <laughs> Manon Sheila is the best, which is really the 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 cult person of the year. I mean, Take she that, really Keith is. <laughs> I mean, it's like I feel a little fucked up about that, but I'm also I think that's like a fascinating. Oh, she's so fascinating. I think it's fascinating because I think that she was made. I mean, and she by all means was not. I don't think she's completely innocent or but hit, or also, hinged. <laughs> but no, but I also think that like she. Well, hundred percent. She became yeah. the fucking fall guy for this asshole. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And I think that was an interesting dynamic because I, yeah, it was very easy sure. to see how she could be a villain in her own right. Well, you and know? remember how she during the documentary, which we should do an episode about the documentary. We really should, and talk more in detail about it. But remember how I just always remember her sort of talking about how handsome. And what a babe yes. he, he was. But here's the thing. Yeah, and how she was so, how she felt so much love for him. Yeah. There was a very sexual overtone to it, which was. But I, yeah, but I don't think that it was a sexual, I don't think it was meant sexual. And that was something that it's interesting that you bring up because I found that fascinating too, is that <laughs> when she would talk about how they were in love and how she just wanted to be near him. And, and, but the way she's talking about it, 
it's easy to be like, oh, that's a sexual thing. She wanted to like, you know, whatever. But then is it? Because I know a lot of the times, and I think it's an interesting dynamic when you talk about a lot of these like new age cults or new age mentality is when they talk about love, they don't mean it in that way. But some people do use that interpretation and that, you know, being in love and and all that, they do twist that interpretation and to use it to manipulate yeah. people. They were super into orgies and stuff, though, right? Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it was the 60s. I mean, yeah. I still think they were, I think they were getting it on. I think she was. I don't know that they were. I don't think that they, I don't think those two ever did. I think that he banged a lot of his other people. But one of my biggest takeaways from Wild Wild Country was that Terrence Stamp was in a Raj- was a Rajneeshi when he was making Superman when he was starring as General Zod, he was a Rajneeshi. That was my biggest fascinating moment. But yeah, so Wild Wild Country, I think, is definitely. I mean, and again, that was that was a thing that made us start talking about cults um, with each other and found out that we were both mutually fascinated by them, and then led to this podcast. Yes. So they will forever right. hold a very bizarrely special place in our hearts. <laughs> That's true. Though, yes, they will. They poisoned a bunch of people, and we really in the should. Have dr- we should. I mean, it, it's true. Like, did I tell you? By the way, I'm going to be out of town when this happens. I don't know why I just thought of this, but mm-hmm. uh, a local brew pub is having a cult themed trivia night here. I mean, how were you not invited? I know. To, like, Somebody tipped that. me off, and I'm like, why am I not hosting this? But it's it's when I'm out of town, so sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Okay, so what do we want to talk about next? Uh, how about one of our favorites and everyone's favorite, Nexium? I mean, this was really the gift that kept on giving. It still is. I mean, I can't wait until the trial actually happens. It got moved. It was supposed to originally be in October. It's gotten moved a few times, I think. Because they keep indicting new people in the case. That and also um, because, you know, any case like this, I think the defense attorney, they try to get it postponed as often as possible. Right. Right. And the Me, judge, my non law degree, and the judge, like I know has, what the fuck well, I'm talking I do, about. <laughs> I do remember there being a story where the judge had yelled at the attorneys for asking for a delay, even though both parties agreed. Um, March 18th, 2019. So we've got that to look forward to. So for those of you that might have forgotten, Nexium was a cult that recruited a lot of celebrities. This guy who referred to himself as the Vanguard and who really liked to make people play volleyball on his birthday and to have sex with them. And um, Allison Mack, former Smallville star, uh, was basically, we think, the de facto head of a cult within a cult where women were branded and made into sex slaves and all sorts of stuff like that. I actually really love the idea of Keith Rainier. By the way, controversial last name. We're probably still not saying it right. Whatevs. Yeah. He doesn't deserve it. I've decided that my whole thing is going to be not really caring if I'm pronouncing the names of white yeah, men. Yeah, if you're a shitbag. <laughs> exactly. If you're a shitbag, then I don't care if I'm pronouncing Which, by the way, wrong. we do know that I do now know because many of you have told me that uh, Joaquin Phoenix is in fact Joaquin <laughs> <laughs> not Joaquin yeah, that- or whatever. <laughs> Mind that's what blown. I was saying, right? Yeah. I was saying Joaquin. I, I, I don't know. I know we've pronounced it many okay. ways. <laughs> I think I think 
You were the one there pronouncing oh, that. Oh, I totally pronounced it like that. If if there was yeah. a corrupt pronunciation introduced, it was me <laughs> who did it. Sorry. Um, <laughs> now I wish I could remember how you were pronouncing it. Because I remember you said it and I was like, wait, what did you say? <laughs> I, I mean, who knows? But at any rate, we know that we, we've run some polls. Most people think that we're pronouncing Keith Renier correctly. And I like the idea of him sitting in jail uh, not having people scrape and drive him around and, yes. um, you know, sitting there with his powers. And uh, I'm sure we'll get some entertaining stuff. Oh, and so apparently they're trying to use like some of the defenses that Cultimort uh, has used um, in the past is what seems to be the current news here. But I'm sure we'll find out a lot more. Yeah, I mean, apparently uh, Katie Mack, who's center stage of this entire spectacle has relied on the example they who shall not be named (laughs) (laughs) cultivort (laughs) yeah the cult the cult of voldemort which would actually be a fucking amazing cult now that i think about that (laughs) (laughs) somebody just started a cult based on like voldemort super fans anyway um (laughs) apparently She's relying on some precedent that they have set before um, is part of her defense. And I didn't read much more into it because I get start getting scared. So <laughs> because when I start talking, I'm like, are they, ch- are they, do they have a way to like, know I'm reading bad shit about them on the internet? Please don't come after me. <laughs> Nexium really is the gift that keeps on giving. It truly Apparently, is. Apparently the Seagram's heir is secretly funding their legal fees or his legal fees. And one of them got indicted, right? One of them got indicted, but then also there's an actress, a well-known actress, and I forget who it is, wrote a book because her daughter is in Catherine Oxenberg. Oh, right. She actually had a book come out. Right, Because she saved her daughter, I guess. Well, I, I know at one point she didn't. Maybe that's changed. She had a book come out about this specifically, about how her daughter was in this cult. And I don't, I don't remember if she was able to actually get. I think her she out did eventually get. I think she did get out. Like it that was a has happy to be ending. recent then, because I think yeah. she wasn't. I out agree. I think it in was the beginning of the year. Yeah, I think that you're right. Yeah, that happened. That must have happened in the summer then, because now I'm leading on it. She was on Dynasty. That's it. Also, one of the things that I love most about this story is that we, of course, talked about how um, Ayn Rand had influenced. Uh, Keith Rainier and, and like, so many of these like guys. Every cult leader, but yeah. And like, I swear to God, uh, the salon piece that I wrote about that episode, mm-hmm. I got so many tweets from disgruntled and, and Rand yeah. fans. It's like, guys, did it hit too close to home? I mean, obviously, <laughs> get some new books. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> so, um, another one of our cult faves that had a big year. <laughs> And maybe not in the way she would like, uh-huh. but um, is Goop. Yeah. Listen, I know Gwyneth Paltrow has never had a bunch of, like, she's always been one of those A-listers that not a lot of people seem to like. You know, like, I don't know a lot of people are like, oh, my God, I really like Gwyneth Paltrow. And I think because she's never tried to act like she's not a super privileged you know, white yeah. girl. It's hard and to she's relate always, to her. Yeah. It's, it's incredibly hard to relate to her. And that's really how Goop started. Goop started as a newsletter where she would talk about like all like the these amazing restaurants and shit to go to that you could only 
it was like that aspirational living. It was mm-hmm. like Pinterest to the fucking max. Yeah. Like on super steroids. Like private island Pinterest. Yeah. Like you could only ever fascinate about ever being able to do any of the things that she does because of the amount of wealth and fame yeah. she has. You know, she had that piece that was in the New York Times uh, magazine that uh, the profile that Taffy Bradner, Ac- Brad, I mean, I always fucking picture her name. Ackner. Right? Thank you. She's wonderful. She wrote a piece about Margot Kidder that made me sob over the weekend. Taffy Brodesser Ackner. Who has a novel Thank coming you. out this year, by the way. Oh, I'm Excited totally going to read the shit out of that. So she had that piece in, you know, the New York Times Magazine, which only kind of helped fuel a lot of the Gwyneth Paltrow goop uh, ego. Mm-hmm. Because I guess that's something that you also get. Because apparently, like, from that point on, well, she did get sued for making false claim. Like, they were selling, they were obviously claiming something that was bullshit. And I, they got sued. By a state attorney general, were, right? Well, first they were sued um, a long time ago. They were sued for copyright infringement. But they, she, they agreed to pay $145,000 in a lawsuit over claims about vaginal eggs uh, that were bullshit. We could have told you that that was bullshit. Exactly. (laughs) So, yeah, so it was a a false ad lawsuit. And then after that, she follows that up with claiming that she pop. She's the reason that yoga got popularized. (laughs) Oh, God. I'm just hiding my face like a monkey emoji. Which is (laughs) amazing. First of all, yeah, she's the reason. She, Her and Goop are why yoga is popular which is the biggest load of horseshit on the planet it really goes back to al gore starting the internet because none of it could have happened i know <laughs> the him. real listen and not for nothing like she said that and i laughed my ass off it's because, hilarious bitch, i mean that's not the case but if any celebrity is the reason why yoga started getting popular it's not her it's <laughs> fucking madonna absolutely because i remember when Madonna, like right around Blonde Ambition, yep. that's when she she was doing a lot of Ashtanga. That's how I even knew what the fuck Ashtanga was. And I even looked up the yoga teacher that she was going to or whatever. And I remember like she had um, these sick guns around Blonde Ambition. It was like the most lean that she had ever been. Mm-hmm. And it was because she was doing this crazy amount of yoga and she was super into Ashtanga. And then she followed up even in bedtime stories I mean, not bedtime stories. And um, <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, don't make me go off because I'm about to, Gwyneth. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't believe I'm like when Ray of Light came out. Especially, Ray of Light. Yeah, she was. That was like because she started getting super into yoga around like before that, and Blonde Ambition was when she was like super lean and ripped. But Ray of Light was when she was like hardcore into it because she even has the song on the album. There's even some of the choreography was dance moves in that tour. Have a seat, Gwyneth. Um, And that was in 98. Okay, Blonde Ambition was what, like 95, I think, or 94? Yeah. Because I remember when the HBO special for, for Blonde Ambition, that's when they aired that concert on HBO. And it was, I was in high school. So have every seat in the world, Gwyneth Paltrow. Also, it probably was as much like hippies in the, I mean, the, I do think you're right. Like Madonna helped make it like trendy and accessible, but like, obviously like hippies were totally into yoga. Totally. Like as we, hundred percent, half these which cults, we talked about, and we've talked about in, so many cults. Yeah. So many cults. <laughs> Start Come with on, yoga well, well, teachers. A hundred percent. A lot of cults 
they incorporate that Western, that Eastern philosophy, especially that comes from Buddhism and Hinduism, which Buddhism, if you know anything about religion, Buddhism was born from Hinduism and wouldn't exist without Hinduism. And Hinduism comes from India and, and yoga follows a lot of Hindu, uh, tenants and beliefs so that's so yeah right that's such white girl bullshit Mm. to like try to gentrify yoga like you're the one that discovered it and made it big go back to you know go stick another vaginal egg up your butt or something namaste motherfuckers (laughs) god i'm so mad i just don't even but if any white girl any if any celebrity can possibly be like, oh, um, why yoga like blew up? It was Madonna long before it was Gwyneth Paltrow, and that was when the era of I feel like celebrities did drive fitness trends more back then. Like, remember yeah, how common it was for people to have workout videos? Like, I had the kickboxing video. Actually, of somebody. and let's be real, <laughs> the person that started that entire industry was Jane Fucking Fonda, yeah, absolutely, because yeah, yeah. the entire workout video yeah. DVD thing did not even exist no. until she did it. No, so. Yeah, T- take twenty five seats, Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> All right, next. Okay, I'm done <laughs> ranting. I'm so mad. I I just. Ugh. She had to like search her change purse for one hundred forty five thousand dollars from this lawsuit, basically. Which couldn't she, even buy. Her looking, can only right. buy like three things on the Christmas shopping list. Yeah. Goop. <laughs> she literally searched for change in her purse, like I was searching for quarters in my house yeah. to do to wash my duvet cover after my dog had an accident on my. She bed just sent night. a couple gold bars over. Like, I know. <laughs> or She's some. Like, I'm sorry, I don't have anything. She's anything smaller than half a mil. She sent vaginal eggs made of gold <laughs> to pay the debt. The worst. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have our Last favorite. Last but not least. You know, we did so many episodes about Satan uh, that we even discovered many, many things about both the Church of Satan and the Satanic Temple. Our friend Lucian Greaves, um, who we think is very litigious. And um, so there was a development in on that score after we did that episode about them and kind of their civil war. And of course, none of it was mentioned in any of the stories about this. So I don't know if they're still like kind of bleeding uh, chapters or what, but they sued Netflix because Sabrina, of course they did. The, new, <laughs> the new Sabrina show has a Baphomet statue um, and they felt like it infringed upon their, um, their statues intellectual property. And it was very similar. Like a lot of the snarky tweets that I saw the weekend that Sabrina came on were like, Hey, look, it's the, the satanic, it's at, must be outside of state capital because it's the satanic temple statue because Satan, there is a, like a Satanist component and their tweet was protesting that. Uh, I forget exactly what they called the series, but it was basically like um, Satanic Panic inspired, you know, like PAP or something. Well, they settled very quickly, actually. We don't know if they got any money, but um, apparently the temple is now acknowledged in the credits for any episodes that had already been filmed that use this. Um, So I guess they don't mind being associated with the PAP in that way. And I'm assuming that they got some some money um but it will con- i mean it seems like good advertising for me so i mean it seems like this worked out to their absolute best even though it is kind of weird that they won this because it was based on an 1856 drawing 
by somebody else completely. And it's not like they created the character yeah. of Baphomet, but it's so interesting to me that they went after Netflix for this after they have made so much fun of the Church of Satan for going after them for similar types of things, them claiming copyright infringement and stuff. Oh, you Satan, Satan drama. I just can't get enough of it. But so that it's happened. So that happened. Um, but that's really the only thing that I've seen new from them. So, yeah, that was kind of our favorites of the year. Those were definitely, I think, our top ones of the year. I don't know. Like, do you feel like, you know, over the, like, however many we've done, 15 episodes, like, do you feel like you've learned anything about cults so far that you didn't consider or know or think before? I think for sure, um, the thing is that I'm much more aware of how many, maybe not straight up cults, but cult like groups and movements and things are out there. Like just how present yeah. the phenomenon is. I mean, I think for is. sure there's more cults out there than I realized. Absolutely. Sure. Oh, and just other kinds of groups that are damaging in similar ways yeah. to cults. I think for me, I realized even more how being a woman or person of color or anyone that's a street, not a straight white male being in a cult is even worse. Like, oh, yeah. it's, it's like whatever society is like, it's almost like a cult exists to further oppress people other than that one person that's leading it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think too, like to piggyback on what you're saying, like, I think we have seen that, you know, there's so many issues that sort of are me too adjacent that talking about these cults get into with men and women and how it sort of mirrors the troubling way in which we debate what is abuse, right? Rather than yeah. listening to the person who says they've been abused. And and we what we have seen as we've talked about these is that people absolutely internalize that. And a lot of men and women in these cults didn't really realize that they were being abused until they got out or until yeah. something came to light and other people described it that way. And they're like, hold on a second. This is what's happening to me, too. A cult seems like the ultimate um, environment for mental, physical, and sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. It's just like the level. And it's like amazing to me that people that lead cults are not persecuted in the same way as like a rapist. Oh, yeah. Or, an or somebody that in domestic abuse. Like, it's just amazing that those laws. And that's the other thing that I'm learning a lot, too, is that they the ability to skirt any type of legal responsibility and yes. the ability to exist and continue and prosper without any type of legal ramifications is just astounding to me because there's so many laws that do not exist or are not in place to do anything about it and learning how long shit goes on and still nobody's or done anything. people can just leave the country and yeah. keep doing what they're doing. Yeah, like uh, Children of the God. Yeah. I mean, that's like a perfect example of a cult that still exists today. And decades and decades after all these, you know, proven this evidence yeah. of, of child, you know, of pedophilia and child sexual abuse, aside from just, you know, sexual abuse period, but children 
And it continued to go on, and they still managed just like rebrand themselves. And right, just, they're fine because they, they call themselves a church. You know, yeah. I think they're able to get away with so many things that I don't know. It's 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 like a criminal. It's a way to hide a criminal organization <laughs> for a lot of these people, and because. And it seems like, if nothing else, they would get them for fraud. But even that seems to be fairly unusual. Like, they'll go after them for taxes or something, but not for hurting children. And there's really no protection or support. When people do break from these groups, people who often don't have any resources left because the cults have drained them, you know, they're just kind of... Which is one reason why, as you pointed out, a lot of people end up in other groups, yeah, because they've been so alienated and from their families and separated from their families from so long, and they don't have any support system, and it's just very sad. It's crazy. So what- I think another thing that I've learned too is that I think in the age of technology, as much as I railed earlier, talk about coming full circle about you know, there's too much and there's too much information and we're con- we're too connected. I think one of the positives to come from that is that. In this information age, it has given people that would otherwise feel like they have no one and nothing a path to connecting to people or to getting their voice heard or getting out there. And um, so now I think more of these stories are coming to light. And I think that we're going to I think there's going to be a lot more that we're going to learn and see in 2019. And I, I like I'm really interested in exploring so many more of these groups because, you know, once we find one thing, we accidentally find five others. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think that to me just makes me more interested in continuing to like learn more. And, um, and I want to talk to more people that have survived cults. Yeah. Um, we still, with cults we still need to really get our, our, to, to get our friend ISIS on. I know, I know, I know. That's my fault. <laughs> no, that should totally be though. That should be a 2019 goal. Get yeah, ISIS that's on. definitely a 2019 goal. Yeah, that's pretty much that's all I got. That's what about pretty you? much it. Like I'm I've definitely got like a lot of little weird things bookmarked and I'm excited. Cool. Um excited for what we're gonna yeah. do this year. So for everybody that's, you know, listening, um, you know, make sure to rate us and give us some love on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us online on Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, <laughs> at Instagram. Where at- <laughs> <laughs> or on our website, cultfavespodcast.com, or you could drop us an email at cultfavespodcast at gmail.com. Or drop us a message via our Facebook page. Yeah, lots of people contact us that way, which is great. Yeah, one's very good about staying on top of that. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's it. We'll see you in two see weeks. See you guys soon. <laughs> Bye. Bye.